Welcome to the Stokey on Podcast. I am your host, Tommy Stokey. You are listening on FanRag Sports. Um, the first thing that, that I'm on today, the Arizona Diamondbacks. I think that they can be pretty good this year, and I know that I thought that last year, and I know that everybody thought that last year, except for, I guess, projections. They were smarter than us last year. But offensively, they are extremely talented when healthy. They are entering the season healthy. A.J. Pollock is a huge reason for that, not only offensively where he lengthens that lineup. He can be a two-hitter. He can be a leadoff hitter. Uh, he could be a three-hitter if you want him to be. Uh, but defensively, you put him in center. You move Chris Owings back to shortstop. Um, you know, Chris Owings hadn't played center field since high school last year, and he was your everyday center fielder last year for the most part. So you have him in center, uh, Peralta in right, Obviously, they're going to miss Ender and Ciarte, who made that trio one of the best defensive outfields in baseball in 2015. Um, and they'll have to make up for Tomas in left field. But I just think that offensively, they're going to be really good. But the key to me, and I wrote this today, is Zach Greinke. Because he has the huge contract. He's taking up almost a third, if not more than a third, of their payroll. Uh, making $34 million this year, and I think Derek Hall said today that their payroll would be about $102 million, but they had flexibility to, to do some things if needed. Last year, Granke gave up seven runs in four innings in the season opener, including three home runs. He gave up seven runs in another start in the first month of, uh, in the month of April. 5-5 ERA in April, and the Diamondbacks weren't able to take advantage of the Dodgers being 500 and leading the NL West. And so I think that, and this is purely speculation on my part and what I probably think that they should do, that Mike Hazen, the new GM, comes in and says, hey, there's a lot of talent here. Let's see if they can win. Let's give them a shot to see what they are of healthy. If they produce for the first month or two, I think that they go for it um, and keep it together. But if Zach Ranke struggles... I think that there's going to be a cloud over it's just human nature to say, "Uh oh, here we go again. And now you're going to have more concern about that contract, which would make it harder to move if he doesn't perform. But overall, if they don't perform in the first two months and they're already out of it, I, I think that they have to take a realistic look at, okay, this group isn't winning. We need to rebuild our farm system, which is one of the worst in baseball. Paul Goldschmidt has three years left on his deal. That one's going to be a tough pill to swallow, but you're also going to be able to get the most for him. A.J. Pollock, two years left before he's a free agent. Another tough pill to swallow, but a little easier than Goldschmidt just because he hasn't been the face of your franchise for, for as long. He's going to get a, a huge haul. I mean, look at what Adam Eaton got, for example. I know that Eaton has five years of control, and Pollock only has two, but still... It might be that if in two months they're not winning, it's faster for them to win by getting rid of Goldschmidt, Pollock, and selling these guys off and rebuilding that farm system. I think it's it's all going to come down to, not all, but a lot's going to come down to Granke and how he performs. I think that he is much better than the pitcher that he was last year. I know that that's not going out on a limb by any means, but... We'll see. He says he's healthy. He believes in the team, and Zach Greinke, I think, is one of the smartest people in baseball. 
Um, while yes, money had a lot to do with why he signed, I don't think anybody would turn down that kind of money. I also genuinely believe that he thought that the Diamondbacks had a good team, that he liked the way that they played when he signed there. So we'll see. Um, we'll bring in John Heyman um, to go over some American League totals. We'll go back through our National League totals, which we went through last year. We'll catch up on, on some spring training topics. All right, John, so I want to get your take on a couple things spring training-wise so far. You're out in Florida. Um, you said you were at Cardinals today. What have you seen so far in just the first couple days? What stood out to you? Well, I think the Cardinals have enough depth to uh, withstand the injury to uh, Alex Reyes. Uh, they have a Weaver. He'd be the number six starter now. So that's more depth than most teams. Uh, it's not a death sentence, as uh, General Manager John Moselock said. I was there in 2011 spring when Adam Wainwright went down with a Tommy John surgery and they won the World Series that year without him. So I never put anything past the Cardinals. Um, they certainly have their way. They have an attitude. And uh, they bring back a very, very good team. Uh, I've seen three teams so far, the Marlins as well, and, uh, and the Nationals were an interesting team. Really good team, but... Uh, Still missing a closer. They can't quite know who their closer is at this point. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on this year. Do you think the Cardinals are making a mistake by not bringing in um, a veteran or more starting pitching depth? I think I read that they're not really answering calls when agents are saying, hey, sign my guy. No, I like their depth. I think they have a good, solid team. I like their pitchers. They have plenty of veterans. They've got Wainwright. They have Leak. Um they have Lynn uh, and, uh, you know, Carlos Martinez is going to be a star. Uh, I like Luke Weaver, who's the number six guy right now. So that's more depth than most teams. I'm not too worried about the Cardinals in that regard. Two things out here that, that stand out to me early in Arizona. One, with the Diamondbacks and Zach Greinke. If he gets off to a poor start like he did last year, I think, and this is just my own opinion, speculation, I think that the Diamondbacks – are going to use the first month or two to decide, okay, are we going to give this this team a run before we decide that we have to rebuild the farm system because we're not good enough to win? Uh, and I think Zach Greinke is going to have a lot to do with that. What do you see them doing? Do you think that that they're going to wait and see what they do early and then make a change? Do you think that whether they're good or bad, they're not going to make a huge overhaul? I guess, what do you think? Yeah, that makes sense. That's absolutely what they should do. Give it a shot. They have some pieces. Obviously, Goldsmith and Pollock, uh, stars, particularly Goldsmith. Uh, they have a potentially decent rotation. Uh, I think Ray showed some signs last year. I really like a couple of the outings that he put together. So, uh, I mean, if Frankie, uh, we can't expect him to be uh, as he was in 2015, uh, but I don't think he's going to be as he started in 2016 either. He's going to be better than that. If Frankie is close to what he was a couple of years ago, uh, they're a contender. If not, uh, I do think they need to move on because uh, he is the key man for them, and that is a big, big contract for a team that does not have huge revenue. Yeah, I think they came out today and said uh, payroll is $102 million, Granke's making 34 and their second-highest-paid player, Yasmani Tomas, is at about 9.5. So those are your top two at – over forty million of your one hundred and two—that's not very good. Um, yeah, that's uh, one third of the payroll for Granky. That's a, a, a tough formula to win with. It can be done. Uh, I do think Granky's better than he showed last year. Maybe he'll need that second year to adapt. And uh, so, I, you know, I'm not saying they can't win, but if they don't win 
soon, uh, they should try to move on. And then the other thing out here is the Cubs. I think that any team going for a repeat, um, people are going to look for cracks. And one of those could be Miguel Montero because he's very open. He's very honest. He doesn't, you know, he, he's not politically correct, if you will. He doesn't walk the company line and say what you're supposed to, I guess. He called out Joe Madden after the parade for some of his decision-making in the World Series for lack of communication. Uh, he said that they still haven't talked. All he cares about is his teammates. That's what he's there for. Do you think Miguel Montero makes it the whole year with the Cubs, or if he talks too much, are the Cubs going to look at it and say, look, $13 million as for our backup catcher who's maybe ruffling some feathers, we got we got to get rid of this guy? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I think at this point, uh, Montero uh, loved winning the championship and certainly contributed at that big home run, uh, huge for the team. Um, so he's one of the heroes. But I, I think it's probably not a bad idea to uh, see if we can find another team for him. Uh, he obviously isn't going to sit there. Uh, and uh, I, I would say uh, that that's probably the way to go. Uh, they have Contreras, who's their catcher of the future. Uh, no question about that, and uh, Montero uh, would have a very limited role there. And uh, well, he's not complaining about that. Uh, it's certainly going to weigh on his mind a bit, and uh, I think it probably wouldn't be that bad an idea to uh, to move on. And I don't blame him to, for being honest. We like honesty in the media, uh, so uh, Joe Madden really can't complain. He's an honest fellow, and you know what? Miguel Montero is not the only one who criticized those moves. He's just the only one within that clubhouse willing to do it. And I actually think that Montero's honesty could be a good thing in that clubhouse. Whether or not they see it that way, who knows. But to, for a team that can be potentially complacent, again, going back-to-back -back is so hard and you have so many challenges, but he seems like a guy that can hold people accountable. I just don't know that they will see it that way. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, he spoke out in the World Series. I think he was one of a couple guys, but maybe the most prominent guy, and said uh, – you know, we're not getting it done, we're pressing, we're not ourselves. And I think that was refreshing, and it certainly didn't hurt them. Uh, they went on and uh, came back and down 3-1. to one. So I don't know if that was the impetus, but uh, I give him credit uh, for being honest and uh, certainly did not hurt them and may have helped them. Yeah, so we're going to jump into American League totals, but first I want to go through our National League um, from last week. We only disagreed on, I think, four of them, but... Uh, one of them was the Diamondbacks. I had over 78.5. You had under. We were both over on the Braves at 71.5, both over on the Cubs at 95.5, both under on the Reds at 73.5. I took the under on the Rockies at 79.5. You took over. We both took over on the Dodgers, 91.5. Um, Adrian Gonzalez, I, I saw today they're shutting him down for two weeks from swinging. Um Marlins 77 and a half. We both went under. Brewers, we both went over 72 and a half. We are both under on the Mets at 90 or 89 and a half. I'm under on the Phillies at 72 and a half. You're over. We are both over on the Pirates at 85 and a half. We are both under on the Padres at 64 and a half. Both over on the Giants at 87 and a half. I saw them today. They have a ton of depth, even adding Aaron Hill now. That's going to be a tough decision at the end of spring for Bruce Bochy on that infield depth. Um, the St. Louis Cardinals were both under 87.5. That was before the Alex Reyes injury. Um, 
over nationals, 90 and a half for me, under for you. Anything that you want to take back or haven't second guesses yet? No, no, no. I'd stick with what I, what I went with. I'm not taking anything back. All I'll right. Back. Let's start with the Baltimore Orioles. I am saying under 84 and a half. I just think their starting pitching depth scares me. I know that they've gotten past that um, in the past with, with their offense, but I think it might catch up to them this year. I'm going to go over. I've been over with Baltimore every year, and they it's paid off every year but once. So uh, they, they've worked for me in the past. I'm going over on the Orioles. The Red Sox at 90-and-a-half. To me, that's got to be an over. If they don't win 90-and-a-half, I think uh, Farrell's in trouble. Uh, not going to win exactly 90-and-a-half, obviously, but that's got to be an over, I think. Yeah, I was thinking under just because they could be around the 88-89, but the thing that's going to push me to say over is that they still have the the resources to get something done at midseason, and I think that's a, a huge um, advantage for some of these teams. So I'll also go over. I'm going to go under on the White Sox at 73.5 for kind of the opposite reason because they're going to be selling at, at midseason. Um, I think that they could be okay early. They still have some good veteran pieces if they perform. Um, but the better that they perform, maybe the more likely they get, that they get traded. So I'm going to say under 73 and a half. Yeah, I, I think they're probably accounting for the possibility of selling further on the 73 and a half. But I'll stick with you on that one. I'm going to say under with the White Sox. This is a clear rebuilding season. The Indians, and this is the highest total for the American League at 92 and a half. Even at that high total, I'm gonna, still going to say over. Wow, that's a high total. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I like the Indians. they got a great uh, infield, great bullpen, great rotation. Uh, i, I got to think they'll go over that. Uh, the Tigers, this is an interesting one, 85-and-a-half. I'm going to say under. A little bit of age on them. I, I give them credit for sticking together, keeping their pieces, giving it a shot. You never know. They have the potential to do better than that. But team with a little age on them, I'm kind of negative usually, so I'm going to go under. I'm going to say over, even if it's only 86 or 87, because that's kind of what I see him as. Um, and I don't know if my math is going to be, play out very well for my AL Central predictions, because I think I have a lot of unders and only one over or two overs. So we'll see how that plays out. But I'm going to take the over on the Tigers, 85.5. The Astros, 87.5. I'm going to go over on them. I think that, especially if they get, I think if they get Quintana, I would say that they are. Um, my pick in the American League. Um, they don't have him yet, but still 87 and a half. I'll go over on that. I'm not counting on Quintana. I think they overpaid for the guys that they did get. Um, you know, I always seem to be uh, under uh, on, the, on the Astros. Uh, it did pay off for me last year. Uh, they came through at the end, but looked to a degree. Didn't quite make it, but I'm going under Astros. The Kansas City Royals. I will say under 80 and a half. Uh, they're starting pitching um, outside of Danny Duffy. I'm just not sold on there. It's a tough one. Uh, I, I, I usually like the Royals a lot, and I give them credit for sticking together in, in the face of that t- tragedy. Um, makes it tough on them, but uh, they, they really are spending quite a bit for uh, considering their uh, revenue and uh, their market. But, uh, yeah, I, I think they may be slightly under that if I had a pick. And I do have to pick. <laughs> the uh, Los Angeles Angels, 76 and a half. To 
me, that's an over. I know a lot of people don't like them. They only gave up 10 more runs than they scored last year. They got Richards coming back. I think they're going to surprise some people. Uh, they've made a, a decent number of moves. Their defense should be excellent. And let's not forget, Mike Trout's worth 10 wins. Uh, people seem to forget that when doing the over-under and the win prediction. Yeah, I'm going to go over to I, th- I feel like the Angels, because of because they haven't won with Trout recently, because their farm system is bad, people then projected to think that their major league team is awful. And really, you know, 76.5 is pretty low. Um, with the best player in baseball, I, I think that they'll be around – 500 if not if not better than that so i'm also going to go over i'm going to take over on the twins at 70 and a half i mean two years ago they were 500 and they have a very similar team um obviously took a step back last year but 70 and a half seems really low for them i'm going to go over yeah i think the twins are really bad so uh i'm gonna have to go under that's all I have to say on that. We'll keep it short uh, and sweet. You know, uh, just, uh, they, what they win last year, 59 games, you know, because to win 12 more games is not that easy. they got a catcher who, who steals some strikes, I guess. You know, that, is that is stealing a few strikes going to do it? I, I think this overvaluing of pitch framing is uh, nuts, in my opinion. Uh, you know, a strike is not an out. You're only one-third of the way there. Obviously, you can change the bats, but, uh, you know, I'm not uh, – banking on a, a pitch framing catcher to move them up 12 wins. I just thought that I don't, I don't know if I can name the five starters from Minnesota again, and that was my reason why I took the under on San Diego. So we have to move on before I change my mind. Okay. The New York Yankees, 83 and a half. I'm going to go over. Uh, you know, I see them as about an 85-win team. I don't think that 83-and-a-half is uh, a bad prediction. I think it's a little light. Uh, I like their young players. I know their rotation is not good, but uh, an average team with a great bullpen can sometimes surprise you, and I think that's where they are right now. And I think that's what has worked for Baltimore really well is um, their bullpen kind of saving their starting pitching. But I'm going to – Go a couple games under here. I feel like they have a lot of boomer bust guys right now with Judge. You, you know who knows with Bird, and I don't know that they're going to be motivated to get better this year. I think that they're okay if this is the year that that they lose, knowing what's coming next year and in free agency in a couple of years. I think I'll go under on that one. The lowest total for the American League is the Oakland A's at sixty six and a half. Um, I'm going to go over barely, and it's just kind of like the Phillies one where I went under just because I think everybody's taking the over, and Vegas knows something. I'm going to go over on the A's because I feel like everybody else is on the under, so Vegas maybe knows something. I, I'm going to go way over. I mean, in terms of my bet, that's my biggest bet. I'm not saying they're going to go win 85 games or crush the 66, but I, I can't imagine them doing worse than that. Now, course uh, my imagination isn't always right but uh, to me Gray could bounce back Cotton could have a, a good year he certainly got talent um, you know I think Raven's better than he showed uh, you know they're not going to be world beaters but 66 that's pretty low so uh, I got to go over with that one yeah um, the Padres were six the Padres were 64 and a half I don't think the Padres and A's are all that close but the Seattle Mariners in the same division, 85-and-a-half. I think that's a pretty good number. Um, I'm going to go over, even though 
I tend to like teams and taking the over when they can improve at the deadline. I don't think that the Mariners can. I think DePoto's already gotten rid of everything that he can to make sure that they're good to go at the start. Um, but uh, but I'm going to go over. Yeah, I'm concerned about their pitching, but when you start with uh, Cruz, Seager, Cano, um, that's a pretty good team. So I, I'm going to go over. The Tampa Bay Rays at 75 and a half. You know, I, I know they're always a popular pick with people, uh, but I, I think under. I, I, I'm not seeing it. Uh, maybe I'll be proven wrong. I think they're, uh, they've got a chance to be sellers at the deadline, and uh, I could see them easily under that, also in a tough division as usual. So I'm under. Yeah, I'm under on that as well, the selling aspect. Um, I know that they like their, their pitching depth, but that also means that they would like to flip it. Um, you you don't get Wilson Ramos for what only half the year or so, so uh, I'll go under on that as well. The Texas Rangers at eighty six and a half. I'm gonna go under, and I think that might be kind of surprising. But after Darvish and Hamels, I just think that they've made a mistake by not trying to get a solid number three. I mean, Martin Perez is fine, um, but I, I would have made getting a starting pitcher a higher priority. Yeah, I'm a little concerned about them. Now, they have made some good deadline moves in the past that could uh, push them into contention, and they've been i mean, they've been a really good team for uh, seven or so years at this point. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I feel a little nervous about this, but I, I think uh, I'm going to be with you and go under on the Rangers as well. Uh, we could see something big coming from Profar and Gallo finally, and... Uh, Maybe that uh, top two pitchers will be enough. It could be proven wrong. Obviously, I'm pretty shaky on this one, but I'm going under. I think if they get to the playoffs, they'll be solid in a series. But to make it 162 games when you know Chu has been hurt, uh, Beltre is getting older. I think uh, he got banged up today. Um, so the, the concern there is is the depth and making it 162 games. Um, Toronto is our last team at 86 and a half. I'm going to go under. That one's right on. They're going to win 86 and a half. No, just kidding. <laughs> i got to go one way or the other on this. Um, I'm going to say under. I'm going to say under. Encarnacion is, is huge. Uh, I think they're, they're going to go a little under there. I do like their starting pitching, as most do. They do have a closer. They've got some good elements, but uh, a little concerned in the outfield. Um you need a second baseman to stay healthy. Uh, obviously, they're real good at short and third. Um, you know, they obviously have some elements. Uh, they're pretty good, but uh, i got to go one way or the other on that, so I'm going to go under. All right, so we disagree on five here. Uh, I'm under, you're over on Baltimore. I'm over on the Tigers, you're under. I'm over on the Astros, you're under. I'm over on the Twins, you're under. And I'm under on the Yankees, and you're over. All right. I like the way that worked out. Um all right, you were on a fantasy baseball podcast with Al Melchior today. What did you learn? Who's the so fantasy pick to click? <laughs> I learned a lot with Al, man. He's a fantasy uh, genius, I'll say that. Uh, I learned that the callers uh, and the tweeters know a lot, too, because uh, they, they had some interesting questions that I really didn't have the answer to, like who's going to be the shortstop of Arizona. It seems like they have a, a few choices once again. Uh, I, I thought that Ahmed would not be the guy because I think that's a Larusa guy and I don't think he's in power anymore, although we'll see. They did bring the Scalso back, who's his guy. 
So uh, it'll be an interesting choice there. And the closer of the uh, Pirates, whether it could be Hudson or Watson, uncertain as well. Uh, I'm thinking leaning Watson, uh, coming off the arb loss, and a little bit uh, more stuff. But Hudson's a good pitcher as well. So uh, he's a technical guy. He knows all... uh, Every roster, backward and forward, and uh, he's always a good listen on the fantasy side. I even had to ask one question today to get ready for my draft coming up, so he's definitely a, a recommended follow and uh, somebody to read at Fantasy Sports. Definitely. You may have to give him a raise with you doing that, but yes. Uh, all right. Uh, sorry, you got cut off there. I didn't hear that part. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Funny. All right, John, thanks. We will do this again next week. All right. Good talk to you. So, again, we disagree on the Orioles, the Tigers, the Astros, the Twins, the Yankees, uh, National League. So, we disagree on nine total. We disagreed on four in the National League. But you heard him on the you heard him on the Cubs and Montero. We're on the same page there. I don't think he makes it the whole season, whether they trade him, whether they just dump him. I think that that's going to be a potential issue. Um, we're both, it sounds like, kind of high on the – that Diamondbacks relatively high, and that all to me comes down to, to Zach Ranky, especially early. Um, the Cardinals not worried about Alex Ray or not worried about replacing Alex Reyes. John thinks that they have the depth, specifically with Luke Weaver. He doesn't believe that they're making a mistake by not going out and getting a depth piece. And maybe you know I don't think that I disagree either because that's an easy piece to find if they have to find that. Um, at the end of spring training, a lot of those guys are going to be available, and even more once teams have to cut down on non-roster invitees so we will do this again next week thanks for listening check out fanragsports.com for not only your baseball stuff but every other sport we've got you covered as well thanks